I'm Eduardo Medina, Editor-in-Chief of the Auburn Plainsman. Today, I'm speaking with SGA President-Elect Ada Ruth Huntley. With a platform built on issues that included health, wellness, and diversity, Ada Ruth received 31.6% of first-choice votes, which was 10 percentage points higher than the runner-up. She is the first African-American woman to hold the highest office in student government. We'll talk about what her victory signifies and what she plans to take on once in office. That's all coming up. We'll be right back with SGA President-Elect Ada Ruth Huntley. Hey, this is Jack West, Managing Editor of the Auburn Plainsman. I just want to remind everyone that if you'd like to support Sweet 1111 and the newsroom that creates it, you can log on to theplainsman.com and click on the upper right-hand corner that says Donate. You'll be supporting over 125 years of local, editorially independent journalism right here in Auburn. Once again, that's theplainsman.com and click on the upper right-hand corner that says Donate. Thank you so much in advance, and now back to the show. Hey, Ruth Huntley, hello. Hey, how are you? Good, good. How are you? Good, doing well. Uh, did you think the part, the intro sounded like Party in the USA? Yes, just a little bit. A little bit. bit, right? I was vibing, People for keep real. saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Obviously, you have been elected the next SGA president. Uh, that, that was two weeks ago now, right? Or one week ago? A week and a half? A week and a half ago? I think. Feels yeah. like a year. It's yeah, fine. No, <laughs> <laughs> so today we'll just talk about that whole night and uh, your journey to get to there mm-hmm. and what's next. Yeah. But I wonder if we can go ahead and start on that Tuesday night. Um, what was that night like for you? Yeah. So obviously lots of nerves, yeah. um, lots of lack of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so we were exhausted, but we were excited. And to be quite honest, like there were so many good candidates. We really did not know where it was going to swing. Yeah. Um, but like I kind of mentioned that night when I talked to you before, when I got there, I really kind of just had this weird peace about me. Um, like I've mentioned before, I am a girl of faith. And so God has a really, really big part of my life. And so right. um, I kind of knew going into that, like, either he was going to place me in this role senior year to serve Auburn this way, or he was going to have me serve Auburn in other ways. Right. Um, and at that point, I knew that me and my team had done everything that we could have done. And so I really was at peace with whichever way it went, obviously complete and utter disbelief when my <laughs> name was the one that was called. Um, yeah. My first thought was, are they sure? And my second <laughs> thought was, oh my gosh. Um, and my third thought was like, what a great God I serve. And like, look mm-hmm. at this opportunity that I get to serve students in this way. Um, so it was really yeah. an incredible night. Yeah, I remember talking to you like a couple of minutes after they announced your name when you were up there on uh, the steps. Yeah. And that's I think that's the first thing you told me that you were at peace and yeah. whatever result happened. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad so, I get to talk to you now without uh, all the tears. <laughs> right? Yeah, well, you know, it was, a, it was. It's a lot. I wonder. It's a. It's a lot to, to hear. Yeah, tonight. absolutely. Let's go to the to the next day. Okay. The next morning, right? Wednesday morning. What is that like mm-hmm. after you're elected SJ president? Yeah. So you've had this insane. What used to be a week of campaigns is now basically two weeks because you have more times to do organization visits of no sleep and ripping and running and meetings and visits and all the things. And so you would think, you know, you're going to get a day of rest. You're going to get to sleep in. Um, But as I was kind of mentioning earlier, I woke up at 11, having got the most sleep that I'd gotten in two weeks. Right. And had a text waiting for me from Mary Margaret Turton, our current SGA president, saying, hey, like, so proud of you. Let's meet for lunch at one o'clock. It was like, we're jumping right into this thing. Um, And it has been a nonstop roller coaster since, obviously one that I have been so blessed and honored 
to get to be on. Um, but it has been quite the journey since then. How many um, messages you have? Like, I don't know, email messages and texts? Yeah, at one point I had over 350 text messages. Jesus. <laughs> um, it was very overwhelming, but I did want to go through each and every single one. Yeah. Facebook was... One of them was mine. I'm sorry. No, and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> No, that is so okay. Um, at one point it got so bad that like my messages, like I would scroll and it would just be blank because my phone could not process all of the messages oh, that were wow. on my phone at one time. Facebook was just insane. Instagram was insane. People reposting yeah. everything. And um, obviously y'all shared an article and people kept reposting that. And yeah. so it was just a crazy thing to wake up to on Wednesday morning. Have you gotten a chance to catch up since then? Yes. We yes. are down to no <laughs> well, text good. messages in my phone, <laughs> which is a blessing. Um, yeah. took several days. I think I did like a hundred texts each day for a few days yeah. um, just to get through everything. But um, still haven't worked through Facebook yet, but we're going to get there yeah. at some point. Yeah. Um, but it took a, lot, a hot sec to get through everything. But You know, on, on call outs, I was assigned... Uh, two candidates mm-hmm. to cover. You were one of the candidates. But I was so far away from your whole camp, you know, mm-hmm. people. So I didn't see the initial reaction when they called your name. Mm-hmm. But I did hear from some of other writers who were near your your people that the, one of the first things you did was hug uh, your mother, mm-hmm. suddenly, who was on the board of trustees. Yeah. What did she say to you? She just that said that she loved me. And that she was so, so proud of me. Um, and we mostly just cried <laughs> because we just <laughs> oh, could she not was crying believe too. It. Oh, yeah. Everybody yeah. was crying. I, I don't know, know if you, well, y'all, the Glom took the pictures, but yeah. everybody in those pictures were crying just because of how much was invested into this campaign from each and every person. Um, but that hug with my mom was something really, really special. Yeah. yeah. So th- this is going to make me look like a bad journalist, but I really didn't know this. Uh, I didn't know your mom had run. For SJ president. Yes. Uh, when she was here. Yes. Um, so have you all talking about that since? I mean, in our article, we mentioned that in other newspapers who've, you know, covered yeah. your win have mentioned it. Have you all talked about it since you won? Um, we haven't talked about it much, um, but it's very exciting that I was able to come to Auburn and do what she was unable to do at that point in, in time. Yeah. Um, so that has just been really humbling for me knowing especially just given the context of the win, the black females that have come before me and run for this position and right. just how incredible leaders they are and mentors they've been to me. Um, my mom being one of those, um, even though yeah. she is my mother too. Um, <laughs> but just knowing all of that, like just overwhelmed me with emotion, knowing that I was the person that was going to get to fulfill that role. Right. Um, so that was just a really overwhelming and humbling feeling for me too. It was when I, when I interviewed you for, um, you know, the, the profile piece we do of each candidate mm-hmm. before the actual election. You didn't mention uh, anything about you being the first uh, black woman to be elected, as, or possibly the first black woman to be elect, elected yeah. SJ president. You know, in your platform, you did have a lot of points about diversity. Yeah. Um, but you didn't seem to make it a focal point. Mm-hmm. Was that on purpose? Was that just, I mean, did, did you not think about it? Or, or what was your mindset to that? Um, actually, yes. Um, I didn't want that to become the sole focus of my platform. I didn't want that to be the thing that people got behind me for, not right. to say that anybody would have. Um, but I really just wanted people to focus on the issues. I wanted people to focus on my heart for Auburn and my qualifications and the platform and the ideas that I brought to the table um, and my ability to do the job. Um, I didn't want it to become about a history thing. Right. Um, like I mentioned in that initial interview, two things about me. I don't like attention and I don't like vulnerability. Um, <laughs> So I didn't want it to become this thing about, oh, we're going to make history and say, right. oh, look, this is how we can serve Auburn in this way. Yeah. Um, that's really what I wanted everything to be focused on. Yeah, well, that's what that's in that first interview we had. It was, you know, was never mentioned and it was strictly about the the initiatives you had and what yeah. you wanted to do. 
Um, but I wonder if we can stay on the historical aspect yeah, for a minute. Yeah, for sure. Uh, c- can I read you this? We have a staff writer named Tyler Ward. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you read his piece that he did uh, on you. Uh, <laughs> but I just want to read it live for those who haven't. Okay. Uh, the first sentence, the first couple paragraphs. So Tyler writes, and I stink at reading, so I'm, I will stutter. Listen, we are all good. <laughs> yeah. There are 30,420 students on this campus. Only 903 of them are black women. And one of them just became SGA president. This moment will always be bigger than the Student Government Association. This moment will always include, but be bigger than, Ada Ruth Huntley. This moment sparks a shift in the trajectory of this institution. I think it's important to point out that Tyler, uh, you know, writes a lot about racial issues mm-hmm. and equal equality issues. And, you know, he and his column was very poignant. And he kind of talked about the historical importance of this. Yeah. But that last sentence, this moment sparks a shift in the trajectory of this institution. Yeah. Uh, do you agree with that? Absolutely. Um, I was blown away by the response from people in general, but especially those that are black students that are members of the Auburn family. I mean, there were people that night that went to roll tumors. Um, right. And it was just the response has been absolutely incredible. Like people made shirts that said, my SGA president is black. Um right. My roommate, when I got home the next day, literally sat there and had tears streaming down her face. And she was like, I never thought I would see the day that there was a black SGA president at Auburn. Mm. Um, And so just all these moments have been so overwhelming for me um, that I am the person that was the one to make history. Um, I don't know. It has just been a very very powerful thing to see how this has impacted people. Um, And especially with the black leaders on this campus, empowering them to know that there's nothing holding you back from running for SGA president or doing anything that you want to do on this campus. Like we are all capable. Um, We're all here for a reason. Like you just have to give it a shot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, you know, a lot of black students and a lot of people of color, it's safe to say felt very empowered after your win. But I wonder on your side of things, Mm -hmm. uh, does that add a lot of pressure Do you feel that on your shoulders now, that label first? I don't necessarily know that I feel the label first, but it definitely does add a little bit of extra pressure going into the year. I mean, you're the first black female. Like, you're going to be the standard that's set for the black females that are to hopefully come after me. I hope I'm the first, but not the only, you know? And so my year is going to be very vindicative of how people view black female candidates going forward. Right. Um, So that does add a little bit of pressure to my year, and I hope that— Um, At the end of this administration, at the end of this term, we can look back and go, you know, she actually did make an impact and lead an incredible team. Um, And so there's never any hesitation about a black female SGA president going forward because we've seen one and it's been successful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That success, right, that you hope to have. Yeah. Um, Do you know what the first thing you're going to want to tackle is? First initiative? There's so many. (laughs) There's so many. Can I just do them all at the same time? Um, So here's the thing that I think was so special about my platform and why it was so personal to me. Um, I spent the majority of the fall semester going to administrators that had to do with my platform points and asking like, okay, here's my ideas. Obviously you're in the know of how these things work. Is this practical? Um, so every single thing that was on that platform sheet was something where I talked to an administrator and they, they had given me a yes. 
And so because of that, we know that every single one of those things on that paper is something that can be done on this campus. So it's really yeah. hard to prioritize which one we tackle first, right. <laughs> if that makes yeah. sense. But there's a lot of projects on that list that I'm really excited to hopefully see to fruition over the course of this next year. And if it's not completed in my term, I hope to set up the next groups that come behind me for success and accomplishing those goals. Yeah. yeah. Well, how has it been since, uh, you know, these last couple of weeks communicating with Mary Margaret and her team? Yeah. No, Mary Margaret and the old members of SGA exec have been so incredibly supportive, um, answered any and every question that me, Hayes, and Caroline have had. Um, they've been a great sense of support as we go through this because no one's going to know what we're going through like they are because <laughs> um, no one understands the complexities of all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, so they have been really, really awesome to work with. Um, I'm very thankful for their leadership and the things that they've set up for us to hopefully get to continue on throughout my administration. Um, and just very thankful for how they've been over the last couple of weeks and how they've supported us and their outgoing roles. Yeah. Yeah. So, Edward, do you think it's okay if we kind of rewind a bit and start with fresh your freshman year here at Auburn? Yes, let's do it. Um, Throwback. Because <laughs> we, we talked about this when, we, when I first interviewed you, but mm-hmm. I, I kind of want to get it for the podcast. Were you always going to come to Auburn? No. <laughs> so that is the funny thing. Um, there was one point in my life where I literally told people, like, Auburn is my last choice. Yeah. Um, I did not want to come How here. How late were you? Was that high school when you were when you were thinking that? How, when, like early high school. Early high school. Early high school. I'm not going to Auburn. Yes, not going to Auburn. Because your family was kind of mm-hmm. so involved in it. And... Mm-hmm. So both my parents went to Auburn. They yeah. met here. Um, as you know, like, my mom was very involved on campus and ended up running for SJ president. My dad was an Auburn cheerleader. Um, but it doesn't stop there. I did not there. know that last. Yes. Yeah. Does not stop there, though. <laughs> my yeah. dad has six siblings and all of them but two came to Auburn as well. So two my uncles played football. One actually ran track. Um, and my aunt was actually a charter member for my chapter of my sorority right here on campus. Mm. Um, so we have been orange and blue since day one. Um, actually, the day before I ran or we officially had campaign kickoff, I posted pictures on my Facebook of me at my first Auburn game with Albie oh, wow. and Pat Dye. Um, and I was nine months old in that picture. Um, so I've been an Auburn girl my whole life. And just me living an hour and 15 minutes away, just in Clinton, Alabama, I was like, you know, like, I just want to spread my wings and just see other parts of the country, yeah. um, experience things that I hadn't experienced before. And Auburn, felt too much in my comfort zone. Um, So I toured all over the place. I went to Tennessee, New York, North Carolina, um, California. Like I went everywhere looking at schools. Um, And there was a school on the West Coast that I really had my heart set on. Um, But just looking financially, it just wasn't in the cards for me. What was that school? Stanford. Stanford. Um, Really loved Stanford. It was awesome. Um, Got the opportunity to visit the campus. And it's absolutely stunning and beautiful. Yeah. However, it just was not in the cards for me at that point in time. Um, So I'd actually had the opportunity to come to Auburn and do kind of an early enrollment program. So I lived on campus as a 16-year-old and took a full load of classes and worked part-time. That's what I did this summer going into my senior year of high school. Um, And after that experience, I'd always been hesitant, like, if I went to Auburn, would it always be my parents' Auburn or would it ever become my Auburn? You know what I'm saying? Like, make it my own. Um, And after that experience, I met so many incredible people. Like, I love the professors that I had. Like, I truly did love my experience on campus. And I was like, this is summer. Like, it's going to be that much better in the fall and spring when everybody's here and there's football and organizations to join and all the things. And so that's when I really started shifting, thinking, okay, I think – I think Auburn's going to end up being the place. Um, And when I had that conversation with my parents, they were thrilled, obviously, because they wanted one of their kids to go to Auburn. (laughs) Um, So very excited to have continued that family legacy. But there was some hesitation at first. But after getting here and experiencing it, 
through my own lens. I really yeah. came to love it as my own. You know, when I speak to so many uh, people about their freshman year experience specifically, mm-hmm. there seems to be this kind of roller coaster ride of emotions, right? Mm-hmm. At, at the same time, it's very uh, wondrous and amazing and new. Yeah. But there's also a lot of challenges. Mm-hmm. I assume you experienced that, but can you kind of talk about specifically what that first year here was like? Yeah. So my freshman year, Honestly, sometimes I wish I could go back and do it all over again. Like it was oh, really? so much fun. Um, but once again, kind of like you already alluded to, it did come with its fair share of challenges. And for example, my fall semester, I got a concussion. Um, mm. And the recovery time was so bad that I actually had to end up taking a medical incomplete um, for oh. the fall semester. So while everybody was taking finals, I was at home recovering from the concussion. Obviously, no phone, no laptop, no TV. So that was a fun time. <laughs> um, and then I came back and I basically had to complete last semester's coursework on top of taking a full semester load in the spring. Mm. Um, so I did not finish up fall 2017's coursework until finals week of mm. May 2018. Um, so that, that created a very difficult dynamic as far as time management going into the spring. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, unfortunately, I lost both of my grandmothers within four weeks apart, mm-hmm. um, spring semester of my freshman year. Um, and I'm named after both of them. My dad's mom's name was Ada and my mom's mom's name was Ruth. Oh, wow. Um, so obviously very personal connection being their namesakes. Yeah. And so that was a really, really tough month for me on top of having what was already a really insane course load. Um, however, that experience would not have been what it was without the incredible friends that I made and the organizations that I got to get involved in and the mentors that I was able to have throughout Mm -hmm. that freshman year. Um, And these are people who didn't just show up for freshman year and kind of disappeared into thin air. (laughs) Like these are the same people that were on my campaign staff. These were the people that was my campaign manager. These were the people that were calling me throughout the week that were alumni that had graduated last May and were like, we're so proud of you texting me like, what can we do? Sending, sending me $5 on Venmo to grab a coffee. Yeah. Like these were the people that have carried me not just that year, but throughout the rest of my Auburn experience. Um, so freshman year was a solid jumping off point for me as far as the relationships that I built, but also as far as involvement. Um, I kind of came in with this idea and this was probably insane. <laughs> just say yes to everything. You never yeah. know what opportunities are going to present themselves. So just get involved wherever you can. So I joined freshman committee at BSU. I obviously joined freshman forum with student government association. Yeah. I did week of service with the honors college. Like I did undergraduate research. Like I was the yes girl all yeah. year. Have you always been like that? Yes. <laughs> this is my, I'm keep saying year 2020 is the year I learned to say no. Like, oh, yeah? <laughs> so we are learning the no word and it's not fun. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to get plugged into every single thing that I could have and experience everything that this campus had to offer. Um, and I absolutely loved it while I was drowning in work and deadlines and having to meet with this person and that person and yeah. call my mom. Cause I needed more business professional and business casual <laughs> all the time. Like it was like my Auburn experience would not have been the same had I not taken advantage of some of those experiences and met some of those people. So yeah. even though it was a roller coaster ride and it was crazy and it had its down moments, overall freshman year was amazing. Yeah. Well, one of your initiatives involves um, mental health. Yeah. Or, you know, I think one specifically was uh, student veterans, mm-hmm. getting them, trying to get them a specific counselor dedicated to helping yeah. veterans. And what was interesting to me when we first talked was you mentioning that you – have experienced, uh, you know, your own journeys with mental health. Yeah. Um, I guess, do you want to talk about what that journey was like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So it really started to manifest itself 
freshman year as far as my struggle with mental health. Um, it was always something I always kind of dealt with in high school, but there's no stressor, like this rigor that is a college curriculum. Yeah. And so got to Auburn, things were okay, started taking classes, things were not. Um, I came from a very rural high school, and while I know a lot of my teachers um, meant well, I came into college severely underprepared, especially in the tougher classes like chemistries. Like I'd never been in a lab setting like that before. And everybody around me knew exactly what they were doing and knew the right thing to grab and knew the right test to conduct. And I was yeah. just kind of a sitting duck in it all. Um, and so it was very overwhelming for me. And I really, really struggled with anxiety and stress. Um, that was a thing that literally just about consumed me alive. Um, but luckily, and this is a whole large part of my platform and the culture I'm trying to create, like I had friends that were willing to have open and honest conversations about mental health that I had never had in my life um, because they struggled with it too. And so it kind of got to a point where we were all just struggling because let's be real, freshman year's a struggle bus. It's great, but it's a struggle bus. <laughs> yeah. um, but we were all on the struggle bus together. And on top of that, having open and honest dialogue about what we were actually experiencing, what we were feeling like, did you have a breakdown today? Can I support you? Do you want to talk about it? Yeah. Um, so having those friends to support me in that way was literally what carried me through having yeah. that struggle really, really bad freshman year. Um, of course, I've continued to struggle it, with it and like I'll be open and transparent. Like I'm seeking professional help for it now. Right. Um, and that has truly changed me for the better. Um, and I completely feel like a totally different person. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, there we have these amazing services on campus that students can't access because of the wait list mm. um, and because it is so difficult to get to seek that one-on-one -on -one help. Um, so that's why a large part of my platform is these mental health services, because luckily for me, I'm blessed enough where I can go out off campus and seek help from people who can see me just about immediately. Um, however, for those students that might struggle financially or whatever the case may be, right. and this is their only option, they might not have it. Um, and I know how much it has literally changed me. And I want all of our students on this campus that might struggle with that to be able to have that same experience. Yeah. So how do you, how do you plan to tackle that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, so one thing that was actually done about five years ago now was the SGA president at the time established a mental health task force. Mm. Um, so this was made up of medical professionals, mental health professionals, administrators across campus who dealt with areas of mental health. Um, and they all got together and basically did an assessment of the current need, did an assessment of the current resources that we offer, and then basically begged the question of where do we go now? Um, and that was so effective. It allowed student counseling and psychological services to almost double their staff. Mm -hmm. um, that's what allowed for them to get a second office, um, as well as get the therapy animals that we see, yeah. um, like Dr. Moose and Dr. Nessie. Yeah. Um, so it's about time for that to happen again. Because yeah. um, one thing that I actually did in preparation for running and coming up with platform ideas, I went through every single student affairs report since 2016 um, and kind looked at trends and what students were using. And unfortunately, one thing that was the constant was student counseling and psychological services had more and more students every single month. Yeah. It was like clockwork. Um, and so obviously there is a growing need. Um, obviously it's only getting worse and worse. So what are we doing as a university to tackle that? What are we doing as a university to support our students? Because if your mental health is not taken care of, there's no way you can function in a classroom and do your best academically. Right. Um, so we have to take care of our students from all ends, not just academically, but how are you doing and actually asking how are you really doing? Right. Um, so that is kind of what our next steps would look like as far as tackling that. You know, it's one thing to acknowledge the problem to say, this is how we're going to solve it and do this, right? But, mm -hmm. you know, you are saying that you yourself have struggled yeah. with mental health. Um, did you ever have trepidation when you were running? Because, I mean, you told me that mm -hmm. when I interviewed you. And I wonder, you know, you're in this uh, leader position, right? Yeah. 
did you ever consider not being open with that? I oh mean, yeah. Why, why, why did you, why are you open with that? I guess that's the question. Yeah. And that's a great question. Um, so like I said, one thing I struggle with really, really badly is vulnerability. Um, I don't love to let people into my personal struggles, especially. And I think kind of that's also stems from being a black woman, you know, mm-hmm. like a lot of people in their interactions, especially on Auburn's campus, like there's very few black women that they're going to meet that they're going to interact with like as far as the involvement world because there aren't a whole lot of us that are involved on campus. And so you always want to look put together. You always want to be polished because you're going to be the representation of so many other black women that come Mm. behind you. Um, And so that really was a struggle for me to be vulnerable and talk about those issues. I mean, I'll never forget that first organization I went to and I said it for the first time. I was like, okay, breathe. It's out there. (laughs) Like there's no taking it back now. Um, but I knew if I'm not willing to talk about it, how can I expect every single other student on this campus to be willing to talk about it? Mm. Um, I think there's power in the fact that here I am sitting here as SGA president-elect, and I ran around for two weeks telling people how I struggle with anxiety and depression. Right. Um, and I was really worried that I was going to experience repercussions like for that. Like, because she struggles with mental health, like, can she do this job? Can she handle the pressure? Like, is she going to snap when things get too difficult? Um, and yes, I have my struggles. And yes, I deal with things from time to time. But think about how many other people do. Right. Um, we're still functioning. We're still here. <laughs> we're still okay. We're yeah. still doing fine in class. Um, and here I am still serving as SGA president. Do you really think, like, I did not have a breakdown in the middle of campaign week? I think everybody did. (laughs) Everybody that was out there did (laughs) at some point or another. But yet we still know when and know how to deal with those things so that we can lead Auburn and leave it to the best of our ability. It was really important for me to put that out there and start that conversation because if that's something I'm going to want to push for my platform, like I'm not a leader that's never going to ask anybody on my team to do something I wouldn't be willing to do. Mm. And so I knew in taking that step, I was going to have to be willing to be open and talk about it. Yeah. And it was a scary thing, but <laughs> we made it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So I've wondered this with everyone who runs for <laughs> SGA and who, who wins uh, yeah. the presidency. Why are you attracted to, to being in SGA? You know, like, yeah. um, what about being in, in that organization is appealing mm-hmm. to you? Yeah. Um, I have always, throughout the course of my life, and this stems a lot from the way my parents raised me, they always raised me to be really empathetic um, and to start to put people's needs ahead of my own and always keep philanthropy at the front of my mind. So that's always been something that I've considered. Um, And so in coming to Auburn, I wanted to find the organization that was going to allow me to impact the most people um, and do something where I was a lot bigger than, a part of something bigger than myself um, and serve people to the best of my ability, like Mm -hmm. servant leadership is the biggest thing for me. Yeah. Um, and if I'm not doing something where I'm serving those around me, then like I'm not going to do something where I'm serving myself. Um, and so from the get-go, decided to interview for Freshman Forum. I didn't really know what it was, yeah. um, but I had so many people before me that were like, you have to at least interview, you have to try. And I was like, okay. Um, yeah. So I did the interview process. Um, and for some crazy reason, they thought I was one of 45 students that should have been in that room. And from the moment that I heard about SGA's mission, literally the first word is serve. Um, and I was like, okay, this is looking good. Um, yeah. And then we started to go through the flow chart at our retreat and talk about all the different ways that SGA had a hand on campus. And I was able to see just what SGA had done to be able to impact people and leave this university better than they found it. And I was like, 
this is exactly where I was supposed to be. Um, so I'm not going to lie. Like I heard how competitive Freshman Forum was and I was a little intimidated and yeah. I was like, I don't even know if I should even throw my name in the hat. Um, but had I not had that experience, I might not be sitting right here today. Right. Um, but that is what just, I mean, I was like a moth to the flame. Like I was like, this organization is about giving back and it's about serving people and it's about putting your needs to the side and thinking about the needs of the student body and like, that is the type of person that I am. Where do I start? Um, and from then, it was just a jumping off point to falling in love with this organization, getting involved in every single thing that I could, volunteering at all the programming, going yeah. to town halls when I could, and just really investing in what this organization is about. And your major kind of relates to serving in some capacity, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm a global studies major with a hunger studies minor. So once again, this isn't just about like a season of life of just wanting to serve people. Like wanting to help people is something that I've always wanted to do and wanting to do now and want to do with my career. Yeah. Um, so global studies is really centered around looking at the world's issues and figuring out where and when can you get involved in solving a lot of these issues. Yeah. Um, and like I mentioned in that initial interview, I went to India last December um, and I got to see poverty and hunger in a way that I have never experienced and probably won't experience in my life. Where um, in India were you? So it was a 10-day trip and we went to five different cities. Okay. Um, so we were about in the northern part of India. Um, and And just getting to see that firsthand, I was like, I don't know what I want to do, but I want to be a part of the solution to these issues. Yeah, um, You said that was last summer or when was that? December of 2018. Oh, okay. So, so last December. Yeah. Um, and it really did change my life. And it took this whole service thing to another level, switched from nutrition to global studies. And was like, where can I help people in the world um, and help improve the quality of life of those around me? Yeah. Um, so it's not just a SGA thing. It really is just a me thing. Right. Um, I just get the opportunity to do that through this capacity in SGA too. Yeah. So I guess, you know, part of empathy is uh, like identifying a problem. So I wonder here in Auburn, what aspects of Auburn are you looking to change? Yeah. You know, obviously you have your specific initiatives, mm -hmm. but I don't know, answer that how you, how, how you, however you like. Yeah. What, are there aspects of Auburn that you kind of want to change, whether it's cultural? I don't know. It really is just an overarching goal, like if I were to kind of sum it up in one sentence and tie it with a bow, of just leaving Auburn better than I found it and enhancing the student experience. Um, whether that is you need to get to class faster, so we're going to find <laughs> a way to get an electric scooter on campus, so that makes your day a little bit easier, to I have not felt a part of the Auburn family since day one, and we're going to create a team that enhances that experience and brings those issues to light. Um, so whatever that looks like for each individual student, like that's my goal at the end of this year. Um, so whether that's culturally, whether that's through programming, whether that's through any initiative that we launch, like that's going to be the heartbeat of what this team does. You know, obviously Auburn has had its fair share of incidents related to racism. Yeah. I wonder if you can talk about your experience in Auburn relating to that regarding that does that influence at all how you're gonna serve as SGA president I mean it would be unfair to say that it wouldn't right. um it's definitely given me a lens of campus that SGA presidents prior to me have just not experienced right um I've experienced students making racist comments towards me I've experienced people making microaggressions towards me I've even experienced um professors saying some kind of sideways comments and there's not an SGA president that has come from a double minority position to even understand 
what that's like. Yeah. Um, and so I think as a result of that, that's going to allow me to identify with so many more students and be able to put myself in so many more people's shoes because I've actually been there. Um, it's not yeah. just something that I'm hearing about and getting sad and empathetic with. Like, it's like, I feel you, I've been there, I see you and it's real. So I think that just brings a whole nother level of being to ident- being able to identify with students on this campus that struggle with these issues in based in identity. Yeah, I think a lot of students of color specifically can uh, relate to that. Yeah. Um, a more lighthearted question. Okay. Uh, what are aspects to this upcoming year mm-hmm. that you're most excited about? Mm-hmm. And what are the aspects to it that you're least excited about? Yeah. Um, I'm so excited at the opportunity to get to serve Auburn in this way and launch these programs and these projects that my team is going to bring to the forefront because I really do think that they're going to make Auburn better. Um, And about 5,000 students also agreed with that. (laughs) So I'm really excited about that. The part that does make me nervous and freaks me out, um, and I guess anybody that's come into this role before me would identify with this, is just not wanting to get to the end of this year and have let people down. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, you're going to pick a team, and that's something we're kind of in the process of doing now with applications being out. Um, And that has been a lot harder than I expected it to be. Um, It is just a very hard thing to pick this team that is going to encompass all that is Auburn and launch these initiatives because at the same time, you also have to turn people away. Um, And here we are saying that we're going to create an Auburn for all and include everybody and enhancing our experience where everybody feels part of the Auburn family and we're saying no this position isn't right for you in SGA mm. and that has been a very 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 hard thing for me to process <laughs> yeah. um as we've gone through applications like there's been many nights where I've come home crying um because it has just been a very emotionally taxing thing on me um, yeah. but I also don't want to get to the end of the year and people feel like like what if we don't accomplish everything on the platform um what if we don't launch every initiative that we initially set out to but we set up the group for the next year um I just don't want to let anybody on this campus, whether it's student, faculty, administration, alumni, um, anybody who identifies with the Auburn family, I don't want us to let them down. Um, But then I also look around me at the table and I see Hayes and Caroline and think about the incredible people who are going to join us in the near future. And it's like, this team won't do that. (laughs) Um, This team is a solid group of people who love Auburn, who love SGA, who want to give back. Um, And this team is a team of rock stars. Like I really do think that at the end of this experience, even though I have these doubts and everybody has those fears, which is just natural going into any situation um, because you don't want to disappoint people that believed in you, that we're going to look back and we're going to have accomplished so much underneath its administration. And it's not going to be anything that I did, but the people that I'm surrounded by. Um, So I'm really excited to see what's going to come out of this. Yeah. Yeah. Who would you say you're most influenced by? Are there specific Oof, that's a tough leaders <laughs> that you kind of always have had this high regard for? Mm-hmm. You know, I guess it could be family members. So you say you're close to your grandmothers. Yeah, for uh, sure. Your mom, obviously. But I wonder if there's other people beyond that that you kind of hold. Yeah. Oof, that's a tough question because there's so many. Yeah. There's so many. Um, but I mean, since day one, my mom has been one of the most influential impactful leaders that I've had the opportunity to see. And it's been really interesting getting to be her daughter and going around to different parts of the state and people see Huntley and they're like, oh my God, you have to be related to Liz Huntley. I'm like, yeah, that's me. Um, They talk about how incredible she is. And she is all of those things. But then to also on the flip end of that, having lived in the same house with her, seeing all the sacrifices that she has to do and the late nights that she's had to have. And we're on vacation, even though she's 
board of trustee member and mom and lawyer and speaker, like how often she has to sacrifice her own self-care and her own personal time to like give back to those around her. Um, she's getting better at it because I'm like, mom, you can't tell other people if you don't take care of yourself, you have to have some self-care. Um, yeah. However, like seeing the selfless leader that she has been and is and will continue to be because Liz Huntley is not slowing down anytime soon. <laughs> that's for sure has always been like a huge inspiration to me. Um, obviously no pressure, hard act to follow with Liz Huntley. <laughs> um, but she's always been like a big source of inspiration to me and always been super encouraging because she never expected me to come to Auburn and run for SJ president. Yeah. Um, she knew I was going to march to the beat of my own path and get involved in whatever way I was going to get involved. And she was going to support me no matter what that was. So she never urged you to get involved Mm-mm. with SJ or nope. to run? Nope. Did you when, when you told her you were running, <laughs> did she, what did she say? She was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to do what? And I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to do this thing. And she was like, well, you know, like, don't think there's any pressure by me to do it. I'm like, no, I I, I know that, Mom. Like, I've thought yeah. through this, but, like, I really think this is something I want to do. And she's like, okay, well, this is really crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, I mean, I assume you you knew that she had run yeah. before, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you kind of said jokingly, obviously no pressure following Liz yeah. Huntley, but do you feel a pressure? I mean, or do you sincerely, is he I feel like it's not? a self-imposed pressure. Like, no yeah. one's ever going to put that pressure on me of, like, oh, like you have to be just like Liz Huntley and do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. No one's ever going to do that. Um, but also knowing the shoes that I have to fill, being right. her daughter, um, seeing the amazing impact that she's had, not just in her local community, but in the state and in this country and even internationally, because she just did her first international speaking engagement last year and they've invited her back to do another. Um, hmm. So her impact in the net that she's casting on helping people is getting wider and wider. Um and so I don't even see it so much as pressure as much as it is like, hey, let's play catch up. <laughs> like I'm going to impact people just as much as you are. And it's not like a pressure that anybody externally has applied on me. And I wouldn't even say it's a pressure I've put on myself, but more so motivation because it's like I want to be like her yeah. um, and have an impact that she has. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ada Ruth, I cannot thank you enough for <laughs> being here on a Friday. Yeah, <laughs> Friday thank you afternoon. so much for having me. Um, I hope you get a chance to not have to read 300 messages on your phone fingers crossed yeah fingers crossed (laughs) Um, but no sincerely thank you for being here and uh, best of luck in this next year thank you so much I appreciate it thanks see ya (laughs) see ya my thanks to Ada Ruth for being with us today Sweet 1111 is part of the Plainsman Podcast Network and a co-production with Weagle Radio Special thanks to Eagle News Director Grayson Moyer for producing and editing this episode. If you like the show, we'd love it if you subscribe to it and let us know how we're doing by giving us a quick review. That's it for today. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.